Greetings from the sanctuary of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. David Berry is our musician today, Thomas Good is our soloist, and Rose Carolyn Smith is our reader. Maria McKeon is creating our recording, and I am Susan Brazier. As the psalmist reminds us, the Lord has done great things for us. When the Lord restored us to Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoice. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we give you thanks for the goodness of this day, that even though we may be separated one from the other, you nevertheless bind us together with your love and shower us with abundant mercy and grace. May we respond with joy and praise. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. As the deer patents for the water, so my soul longs after Please join with me in the prayer of illumination. Pour out your Holy Spirit 
O God, and prepare our hearts to accept your word, and silence in us any voice but your own, that, hearing we may also obey your will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The first scripture reading is taken from Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Blessed to our understanding this holy word. The psalm this week is Psalm number 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. with love. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our second scripture reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Rose Carolyn Smith read about Paul's first encounter with these good people of Philippi, about how Paul and his companions, inspired by a vision in a dream, left the continent of Asia, which is now modern-day Turkey, and ventured on to European soil. Philippi was, to be certain, a fabulous outpost of the Roman Empire, with people from all over the Mediterranean world. Scholars estimate that at the time Paul arrived, there was approximately 39 separate religions practiced in the city of 10,000 people. It's no wonder that Paul would spend days looking for the mysterious Jewish man from Macedonia that he saw in his dream and never find him. Paul didn't find a Jewish man. Rather, Paul was sent to a Gentile woman, a woman by the name of Lydia. Lydia and her group of ladies that he met on the bank of that river near Philippi formed the first Christian church in Europe. It is not at all what Paul expected when he set sail from Troas. It is to this fierce little church that Paul writes our second scripture reading today, and it is found in Philippians chapter 1, verses 2 through 14. Listen now for the word of God. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began good work in you will carry it on to completion until that day of Christ Jesus it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
When we encounter Paul's letter to the Philippians, we are immediately struck by his tone of gentleness, compassion, and love for these people. This letter simply bubbles over in joy. He says, in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. God can testify how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. <laughs> There's just no doubt about it. The central theme of the Philippians' message is of God's love for us and of God's joy. So here's what's so surprising about this epistle. Paul not only wrote it while he was in prison, but in all likelihood incarcerated under the very worst of conditions. Scholars believe that the conditions that he mentions in the letter suggest that he is probably in the dungeons of the imperial prison, literally shackled to a praetorian guard. He was attempting to prepare his defense for a capital trial. Paul, when he wrote this letter, was sitting in jail facing the death penalty. His earthly life literally hung in the balance. And he writes to these faithful followers of Christ, these friends he first encountered on the riverbank near Philippi. He writes to them to tell them of his joy and his deep affection for them. Joy. It is certainly not what was expected. But for as surprising as we might find Paul's story, I have to wonder about that Praetorian Guard. Now, Praetorian Guards were made up of elite Roman soldiers. Just think of all those glamorous Hollywood movies with the images of Roman soldiers. Movies like Ben-Hur, The Robe, Spartacus, Gladiator, feathered helmets, embossed body armor, bedazzled spears. The guards assigned to protect the elite, to protect the emperor, were not trivial nobodies. They had significant stature in the ancient world. So you can just imagine this fellow who shows up for work expecting that he will be providing protection to the elite, only to discover that he has been assigned not only to guard a prisoner, but a prisoner in the bowels of the imperial dungeon. And just to add insult to injury, he is shackled to the criminal. No fancy helmet, no bedazzled spear, just darkness and filth and stench. For his duty hours, literally there is no difference between him and his charge. Such a work assignment had to be one of the worst days of his career. Perhaps it was one of the worst days of his life for this Praetorian Guard. But just imagine if you had to share a jail cell with the likes of Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, all men of God, all incarcerated. I believe our Praetorian Guard encounters Paul in much the same way. Paul, chained to his guard, chatted away about his friends in Philippi, about these amazing women and the work that they carry out on behalf of the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, this is certainly not what the guard expected when he was assigned to the hell that is a dungeon. 
And it's no surprise that Paul would write, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Even in prison, Paul is spreading the good news of just how much God loves us, and he is making converts from the Roman guards. Nope, this is certainly not as expected. We all are full of ideas about how things are supposed to work and what's supposed to happen. Last January, all of us had plans. Plans for vacations and classes, plans for projects and concerts, plans for movies and plays. We had plans for attending weddings and memorial services, for family reunions and outings with friends. Last January, we had plans, and we knew what to expect over the coming months. But 2020 is not as expected. Just like Paul, expecting to meet him a man in Macedonia and encountering Lydia. And just like our Praetorian Guard, expecting one of the worst work days ever and ending up shackled to Paul, learning about Jesus and about boundless joy. Sometimes, sometimes, when things don't go the way we've expected, God actually has amazing things waiting for us like Paul establishing the church in Philippi. And sometimes when things don't go as expected and we find ourselves in the depths of despair, isolated, cut off from family and friends, God finds us, just like the guards stuck in the stench and filth and darkness of the palace prison and introduces us to his unexpected joy that we find in Paul's letter to the Philippians. God will never abandon us. Even in the stench and filth and darkness of our own personal prisons, even there, we can find God's joy. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Lord, we come before you not alone, but in the company of one another. We share our happiness with each other, and they multiply. We share our troubles with each other, and they are divided. We share one another's griefs and burdens, and their weight becomes possible to bear. May we never be too mean to give, nor too proud to receive. For in giving and receiving, we learn to love and be loved. We encounter the meaning of life, the mystery of existence, and we discover you. Loving God, we hold in your light the concerns of our community. We pray for all those around the world who are impacted by the pandemic. We are humbled by the ability of a disease to remind us that this is a human problem, one that we can face better when we are together and act as one. May we not grow complacent. Remind us that we belong to each other as we belong to you. Help us care well for one another and keep our minds that what we owe to each other. We pray for those who feel the weight of continued isolation. May they know your love through this church. We pray for all who are sick or in pain. We pray that your comfort and healing will flow over them like a gentle rain on summers, and that they will be restored in spirit, mind, and body. We pray for those who are grieving, that your peace that surpasses all understanding will surround them in these hours and days when death has fractured their sense of reality. We pray for those who will go without food today or will sleep in their cars or in doorways or a friend's couch. We lift up to you all those experiencing the stress of poverty and economic uncertainty. Oh Lord, please give us eyes to see their need, the heart to share our resources generously, the vision to imagine a world without poverty and the determination to work for that reality. For these concerns and the others that go unnamed, we ask to know your presence, your guidance, your comfort, and your strength. In the name of Christ, we bring these things to you. And so we pray together in the words that you taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.